0: Welcome to Real Stories, Journeys of Financial Wellness. I'm your host, Crystal Lugazima. April is Financial Literacy Month, which is designated by Congress to raise awareness about the importance of financial literacy education, something even more important with the economic uncertainties caused by higher inflation and the ongoing pandemic. We all make mistakes, we all face challenges, but what we learn once we come out the other end is what really matters. We believe that a crucial part of financial wellness is resilience. So we decided to dedicate today's episode to a variety of stories that demonstrate this resilience. Our first story features Matt and Kendall. Kendall details how a medical situation with her family eventually led to a bankruptcy, and how, over time, her debt became unmanageable again.
1: these hospital bills are rolling in like we're talking like $200,000. Well, I thought, well, I have to pay them right now. So I used, we use credit to pay them. And now I know that's not something you should ever do. Um, So then almost lost the house Mm. and filed bankruptcy. And then no one would even look look your way in order to get any kind of credit or anything. And that was a whole new world for me. And then it was since then, that it, my credit got a lot better in what, five or six years after the bankruptcy. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to recover from this, right? And then I got divorced and I used credit cards again to live, you know, before, between the time of the bankruptcy and before Matt and I met. And I saw myself going down the down the same road and bankruptcy is not a solution that I that it's not a solution that I saw feasible because I wanna be recovered from that and have my credit back and I didn't wanna go that route again.
0: They ended up working with Greenpath and after several years paid off their credit card debt. This put them in a better position to reach important life goals as Matt describes.
2: We we bought a really nice older home, but it's got older home problems. You know, mm-hmm. leaky windows, and we need some of new appliances, a new kitchen, mm-hmm. and you know, some renovations. To and and now it's like for us, it's possible that we can get that done. You know, we can yeah. go out and get a line of credit for you know for a but kitchen. But it's an renovation.
1: investment because now we've invested in our home, and we have equity. Yeah. You know, for that.
2: So. Yeah. And, and be able, and with our special needs son, you know, we're planning on, you know, uh, putting an addition onto our house, um, you know, cause he's not gonna get any smaller. Um, and he's gonna be, he's gonna require more of our time and energy and space. Yeah. So we're gonna expand our home to accommodate him mm-hmm. and take care of him rather than put into him a home. So we got, we got plans for where our money needs to go. Yeah. And now that we don't have, now we don't have a $580 a month you know, payment to Green Path, we can put that towards whatever else we want.
0: So, what did they learn? Matt offers a different perspective on money.
2: It, it controls your life, so you should control it first, right? I, I think people have a stigma about their money, and that's something they can't control. And that's absolutely not true. I mean, we, again, we have a pretty comfortable um, income coming in, and and we were still, you know, seeing our money just fly away and we couldn't do anything about it. So, we, we just said, you know what, Say yeah. they were just going to put our foot down and just, do something about it right um and i i think that um with the way green path can handle those creditors uh when i you know when it does get too bad you know where you got you know getting phone calls every day like i was like i got tired of seeing all the red calls on my iphone i'm like i know you're a creditor i'm not going to talk to you you know and now i don't have anybody calling me the hesitation is the biggest thing the fear of it's just but not being yeah an unknown. You know, mm-hmm. unknown and and um and for us, I mean, we just, I guess, just made a commitment to do it, and we just stuck mm-hmm. through it. And then she's like, we're not gonna quit. We're gonna see it through. Um, and I think that was probably the, one of the biggest things is that people, I mm-hmm. think, just give up too early. Um, mm-hmm. Because it's not giving them the results that they want up front. But, but it
1: does in But in the end, it's mm-hmm.
2: like, it's just that snowball. Like, once you see those little things start breaking off, and, and then towards the end, it's like, holy crap, you guys are sending, you know, $400 payments to my credit card, that's awesome.
0: You can hear Matt and Kendall's full story by going to www.greenpath.com slash real stories. Their stories featured in episode three. Let's turn to Michelle. She thought a consolidation loan would be the answer to her credit card concerns.
3: I ended up taking out a $9,000 debt consolidation loan. The scary part was I owed about eighteen. dollars So I took out that $9,000. My credit score wasn't that great. Luckily they even gave it to me, but it was a higher interest rate than the average person would get. So I got a little bit of relief just because instead of paying ten credit cards, I was paying one bill. You know, of course it was a little higher, but I was paying one bill. But I still had, on the other hand, all the other credit cards. And I still had wasn't making much. I still had my living expenses, you know, food for my kids, gas in my car, things like that. So I Felt like I had a little relief for the first few months, but another bad decision on my part was I just started opening up more credit cards. You know, this one was a little lower interest rate, so I opened this one. I tried to move this one to that one. I was constantly snowballing all of this debt, and all I was doing was making more, you know, and it wasn't going anywhere. None of it was coming down. And I remember looking at my bills, I'm like, I paid three hundred dollars and nothing's come off. I owe more. How is this happening? Like it didn't yeah. make any sense to me. I mean I obviously looking at the interest rate, I would to figure it out, but throwing a $39 late payment, throwing a 29.99% interest rate. Oh, and don't forget the over the limit because they decided to lower my credit limits because my interest rate, or I made a late payment.
0: Eventually, Michelle found her way to Greenpath and enrolled in a debt management plan. Through this process, her whole approach to money changed.
3: I have changed my whole outlook on finances now. Um, now it's like, I used to go to lunch a lot. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to run to lunch because I was exhausted, and I'd make excuses. I don't have time to prep food because I'm cleaning houses all weekend. Well, couldn't do it last night. I'm cutting hair all night, so I always had all these excuses why I was spending money um, on food out. So I'm racking up debt on food out, and you know things like that. So I do things. I do stuff like, okay, I'm going to plan two dinners out for the month. That's all I'm going to do. Like, and all of this is is green path process to me because I never thought this way before. Cause if you would have said five years ago, what are you going to do? You're going to pay off all that debt. What are you going to do? Honest to God, I was, I would be thinking a few years ago, get my credit score up so I can buy a new nicer car. So I, I was always later on, what was I going to buy? What was I going to get? Because I was so tired of being deprived all these years of not getting what I want, but I don't have that anymore. Now, when I drive past like the coffee place or whatever, I do allow myself so many a month. But when I drive by now, I'll say to myself, I just saved $3. Like I never did that before because $3 was like nothing. I could grab $3 and some change, get a coffee. But now I realize $3 is something and it adds up every week. Yeah. You know, do $3 of coffee every single day you go to work. That's more I could put on another bill. And that's what I've been doing.
0: You can hear Michelle's full story in Episode 5. Next, let's meet Angela. She described how her credit card debt started to creep up when she was 18 years old.
4: At first, I I had a part-time job, so I was able to kind of spend my paycheck before I got it. And so I was paying the balance off every month uh, for the first couple of months. And then I started to realize that uh, my limit had increased. And I could spend more than what I made in a month, and just pay it off over time, without any regard to the interest. So I started seeing all these things that I wanted, you know, new shoes, purses, anything that an 18-year-old girl would want at the mall. Um, mm-hmm. And I started spending more than what I was making in a month. Um, and so, over probably a six-month period. I had racked up, I don't know, maybe like $1,500.
0: And soon this amount started to get unmanageable.
4: That first year of college was when I was, you know, maybe carrying $1,500 and, you know, paying off most of what I was spending every month, but not all. And then as, you know, I continued in college, um, we started to you know, do more things like in my friend group and with my boyfriend, now husband at the time um, where we would like take trips and do all these other things. And so I was finding that I was using more of my money, my actual cold hard cash to do those things. And then I still had these credit cards that I had to make the minimums on. Um, And when I couldn't come up with the cash for something, I would put it on the credit card. And so over time, I got more cards And racked up more and more and more. So by the time I started looking at Green Path, I owed closer to about $8,000. And I was just making the minimums. I really started to not have a lot of like cash flow. Um, So I was really just scraping by on the minimums on my card and art, my cards. And I had no real plan. And that to me was stressful. Um, Because I am a planner, but I was so young and didn't really know that much about credit cards and budgeting and all of that, that I was just making sure I made the payments because I knew that was important. And I didn't have a plan beyond that, um, but I knew eventually I was going to need help. And then it ended up that I got the job at Green and learned all about um, what I could do.
0: So Angela actually started working at Greenpath, and as she started to receive training to help our clients, she started to see how what she learned could be applied to her own situation.
4: In the training, um, we learned about budgeting, and we learned about what the debt management program did, um, different situations that our clients face, like the most common situations that, you know, we'll expect to see. And I started seeing myself. In some of those situations, and um, I had never developed a budget before. I knew I could just, I knew what my paycheck was, and I knew what my obligations were, and I knew that I was able to do it with not as much left over. And that's why I used the credit card so I would never overdraw my account. And that's how I got to where I was. Um, So I started to see myself in the client scenarios that we were being trained on. And I loved the budgeting ideas that uh, the trainers at the time presented. And so I actually went home. um, I never really used Excel very much, um, but I made an Excel spreadsheet and started to like put in my paycheck and put in what my actual bills are to see what I had left over. And then I started to see okay, well, with this new job, I actually have quite a bit left over that I can start. putting towards my credit cards. And then I decided, you know, do I snowball? Do I start with the smallest balance first? These were things that we talked about in training. Do you go for the highest interest rate or do you go for the lowest balance? So I was starting to make a plan on what to tackle and in what order.
0: Angela's full story is featured in episode eight. Next up is Monty. Like Angela, he got a credit card he wasn't really ready for at a young age.
5: One day... I was at home, which was rare, and I get this telephone call, and it is a credit card company, and I'm like 19, maybe. And they call me, and they say, you can have a credit card, and I'm like, cool. And they gave me a credit card, and I think the limit was somewhere around $1,000. And I started spending that with no real plan to pay it back. I thought cool more money. I still have the Sony Walkman, the disc player. That's one thing I still have from that credit card era. Um but I ended up they they ended up um taking me to court many many years later and that's when I learned about having my um what's the term when they take money straight out of your paycheck?
0: A garnishment.
5: A garnishment. I learned about a garnishment a few years after that. And I thought I would just move around like I was living in Superior, Wisconsin, and then at 19, a buddy and I moved to Seattle and I just thought it's not going to follow me there. I'll just have this credit card and then I'll just keep moving in my life in some sort of fun nomadic type of way. And I just didn't think it was going to follow me. I thought I would just spend all the credit card. And then that would be that. It was a really tough time. Um, at that point, I had a job that was maybe paying like, oh, it's like eight dollars an hour. And so when that garnishment started, that was that was pretty tough times. That really became a period of of stress for me. And as I grew a bit older, started getting you know the monthly bills, and um, no credit. There were no other offers coming into me for more credit cards at that point. So I I got pretty hungry there for a little while and things got pretty stressful as far as how I was going to make it each month.
0: Monty also opened up about how his mental health challenges affect his finances.
5: I have bipolar 1 and it's marked by periods of, I don't deal with like depression in a big way, which I'm really happy about. Um, but I do have periods where I'm hypomanic and in these periods, I'm really go, go, go. And it's incredibly easy in these times for me to spend money on things that I don't need compulsively. And those things can really eat up your money very, very quickly and you're taking cash out. And then it's just kind of like, well, yeah, boom. I I took the cash out of my account. So I know how much money I have left to spend, but then the moment it's in my hand, might as well be out of my hand Um, so that it has definitely affected every single part of my life especially spending wise Um, once after a couple years after the whole garnishment had had um, subsided that was when credit card offers started to come back in I was at Target and they were like, you can have a credit, you can have a Target card. I didn't ask for it. I didn't apply. I thought like I was, I thought my credit was destroyed. I thought this just wasn't something that was gonna happen. So once I got that Target card, I got it, but, and I, I, was, I was paying it, uh, making those minimum payments as I needed to. And then they really started to roll in their credit card offers. I ended up with about, uh, I think like seven, or eight of them within probably a three-year period. And I just was spending really to the maximum limit.
0: As he reflects on his money journey so far, Monty offers some advice for others who face mental health challenges.
5: If you are dealing with, you know, a mental or behavioral problem that you know is real and is, is hurting you, just make sure you're getting getting that kind of help in any way you can. And you know, maybe I waited too long. Maybe I waited until I had health insurance. Maybe there were some avenues that I could have taken to take care of myself earlier. But I would definitely let say to anybody in, in any situation that if you're able to, to get help with something like that, to do it for yourself and do it for just everybody in your life.
0: Monty shares his full story in episode 11. Our next guests, Jeff and Victoria, weren't really worried about money in their early 20s.
6: Yeah, when we first started dating, it was really relaxed and fun. And I was a restaurant professional at that time and just living a single life. So when we first started dating, it was just kind of, let's go out and do this. You know, there was never any real worry about money. And then really fast, we got pregnant with our son and she was still in college at that time. So it went from me being single and just kind of doing my thing and, you know, being able to, to spoil her to, well, now now we have college to think about. We have a mortgage. A house, a mortgage. Our one bedroom apartment doesn't fly any- anymore. So
7: insurance. Car insurance. Car payment.
6: Yeah. <laughs> so it just, uh, real life sudden yeah
7: I know that for me personally it took a really long time to reconcile the fact that my life was not gonna be what it used to be and that I needed to uh, step up and be responsible and grow up I was barely 22 years old when I had my son so mentally I was still in like college mode but you know our surroundings were forcing us to um, grow up and become adults. And so for me, it took, it was a period of, I would say the majority of my twenties, I spent reshaping my thoughts and reshaping my mind and reshaping my habits so that I could be, you know, a high functioning adult and be the (laughs) supportive, you know, wife that I wanted to be and be the mature mom that I needed to be for my son. So for me, it was a very slow process. (laughs)
0: Over time, the couple worked out a plan with GreenPath to pay off their credit card debt. It certainly wasn't an easy process, but by going through difficult times, they were able to reflect on what they learned.
6: Once you have a plan and it's reasonable and you can track it and measure it, that is the plan and just give yourself the mindset that you cannot break from it. Like that is, here's the path outside of where you want to be out of danger but if you go on either side it's like you know four thousand foot fall you have to kind of almost think of it in those kind of extremes and if that means you have to make a few sacrifices you already had the fun or made the decisions in the past to get you to where you don't want to be so you have to make different decisions to get you to where you do want to be and beyond.
7: So, in a nutshell, make the decision to get out of debt. There is a light at the end of the tunnel as long as you're willing to put in the hard work. I think I had to really make that agreement with myself, and we had to make that agreement with each other that we were the ones that had to, you know, climb out of this hole that we fell into. Like, I do want to. Let people know that, yeah, while our story does have, you know, a happy ending, we worked our butts off for this. Like we worked really hard for a long time to get to where we are. So there's hope like, yes, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Yes, you have the capacity to drag yourself out. Um, All you have to do is just make that commitment and make that decision and just don't look back.
0: You can hear Jeff and Victoria's full story in episode 12. Let's get to know Tanisha. Her debt concerns started to surface with the birth of her son.
8: Um, He was born in 2005. And I just remember, you know, all full transparency in college, as I mentioned, I was a spender. You know, I had all the credit cards. I, you know, loved to shop. I needed a new outfit for every party. So, you know, I had amassed a significant amount of debt. Luckily, some of that, the blessings, which are my parents, they had paid that for me, <laughs> was, uh, you know, a good deal of it, but I hadn't changed my behavior. So I was still living well beyond my means. I had a brand new car, I was living in an apartment by myself. And so, you know, I, I started to um, amass this debt. And when my son was born, you know, looking at him, one, understanding the realities of what childcare costs, <laughs> you know, is a you know, is a pretty much college tuition, you know, at that age. So there were some immediate changes um, that I needed to make. Um, And also just wanting for him to have the comfort of, one of the things that is always very important to me is that, you know, I'm worldly understanding that I am extremely blessed. I've never had to wonder where my next meal was coming from. I've never come home and our lights were shut off and things of that nature. And I wanted to give him that same comfort and stability. And I knew the way that I was spiraling financially that he wasn't going to be able to live as comfortably as he deserved. So soon after he was born, we were, I was living in an apartment, um, I made, also made the decision that I wanted him to have his own. I wanted him to have a backyard he could go out and play in. I wanted him to have the space to roam and, you know, and really thrive and have a place that we could call home. Um, so I became very interested in purchasing a home. Um At the time, with, you know, my debt to income ratio coupled with my very questionable credit score, um, I knew it wasn't going to be possible for me to purchase a home and definitely not purchase a home where I wanted to, you know, in the area that I wanted to live in. So I started to get very, very serious about um, ways that I could improve my financial situation.
0: As her son got older, she made it a point to include him in the family's finances, so that he may learn from her mistakes and triumphs.
8: I, you know, make every effort to expose him to, you know, he knows how much money is coming into the house every month. He knows what our mortgage is. He knows, you know, he, he sees the budget and he sees me sit down and kind of go through, um, you know, what has to be paid and what we need to do and how I make adjustments to account for arising situations. And there's no question that if he asked, I'm not afraid to answer.
0: Tanisha was able to address her debt and was able to offer advice to others in a similar situation.
8: Tackle it face on. I think a lot of times when situations make us uncomfortable, we tend to try to pretend like they don't exist. (laughs) And we ignore the problems, which definitely in the financial realm only exacerbate them. You know, that bill you didn't pay last month, it's not going anywhere next month. So you might as well open it up and look at it and um, be proactive about you know how you're going to management. Um, so definitely don't run from your problems, but you have to be uh, fully committed to truly changing your behaviors that got you there. So it's being honest with yourself, being proactive um, and not being ashamed.
0: You can catch Tanisha's full story in episode 13. Our last story today features Whitney and Russell. At the age of 24, Russell developed a medical condition that left him paralyzed for a time. Russell and Whitney had to learn how to navigate their new reality, including physical hurdles and financial obstacles like $700,000 in medical debt. After facing a cash flow crunch with their income, they decided to take out a title loan.
9: I I wasn't sure like when I was going to get paid, how it was going to work through, because usually when you start a contract as a new teacher, you start in August and you don't get your first paycheck until the end of September, right? And so we were just kind of worried about that. And so we did, we took out the loan. The problem was, is that it was an astronomical amount of money to pay per month. And you pay that amount and it actually doesn't do anything to the loan. It's literally holding the loan. And I didn't understand this. And I felt like an idiot. Here I have a master's. And I didn't understand that you pay this amount. And then what happens is it just basically renews the loan for another month. And so, unless you're paying even more on top of it, it was already a stretch for us to pay that, you're stuck.
0: They both offer insights and advice for other families facing a disability. In Russell's case, his advice was unique to his situation. He faced greater potential consequences if he didn't seek certain medical treatments. There was also more flexibility when it came to his medical debt because of the debt collection laws in the state he lives.
10: Honestly, the, the biggest thing is the financial part will definitely look rough and finances dictate a, a lot of what you do in terms of like, physical therapy, medications, that kind of thing. But to me, don't let your finances be a barrier to treatment. So if you don't have the, the means to do something, there's probably a good chance that there's a program out there that could help you with whatever particular need you have whether it be a medication a device or or some kind of um therapy session because with me i i mean that whole grant program i, I never knew it existed until um a social worker kind of led me to it so that's at least uh, a couple years worth of medication that they helped pay for that i frankly, would have never even had the money to begin that program. So there's a lot of good programs out there, but just don't don't really let your finances get in the way of your treatment and your healing.
9: Yeah, I would I would agree well, um we actually haven't ever talked to anyone about having used government assistance like food stamps before we talked to you, um, just because that's just not something that we felt like should be shared. Um, but we both agreed that we'd be honest um to give the full picture. And that's the thing is that if if you're at that point and you require food stamps, like it's gonna be temporary, hopefully, right? Like I think that's how it's a huge blow. It's a really big blow. Like if you've been able-bodied and a disability comes on all of a sudden, it's huge. Um, I I remember when Russell got really sick, there was a large time where he didn't want to go anywhere where, where he was going to use his forearm canes or what have you. And so there was a lot of functions where he'd be embarrassed and I would have to go by myself or with myself and the kids. And that's really hard on the caretakers. Like, yeah, I'm a spouse, but I'm also a caretaker. There's times like where Russell's so fatigued that he can't get out of bed. So I am bringing him his food, you know, like in the water and what have you. Um, and so, in those moments, a lot of people want to help. They do. They don't know how to help necessarily because um, while they mean well and And you'll hear things like, oh, I can only imagine or, oh, I could never, I could never see that. Like, oh, that must be so horrible. It's frustrating because you're like, this is my life. (laughs) It can't be horrible all the time. You have to be happy at some point, right? Um, It's just being specific. And that might even just be, can you watch the kids for like two
0: hours? Russell and Whitney are featured in episode 15. Again, you can view that and all our episodes by going to www greenpathcom real stories. One theme you'll notice with all the stories you've heard today is the importance of support that support can take many forms but it's such a powerful reminder that whatever mistakes we might make or whatever curveballs life throws us we're not alone. Let's reflect back on what we've learned from each of our stories. Matt learned to control money before it controls you. Michelle realized that the little expenses add up so she put a plan in place to meet her wants and needs in different ways. Angela learned the importance of budgeting and took it a step further by keeping track of things in a spreadsheet. Monty reminded us that mental health is linked to financial health, thus seeking support when it came to his mental health simultaneously helped with his finances. Victoria shared the importance of making a commitment to get out of debt. For Jeff, it was vital to stick to this commitment once it's set even if that meant making sacrifices. Along the same lines, Tanisha learned to get her head out of the sand so she could tackle her debt face-on. This meant she had to change some of the behaviors that got her into debt. Russell and Whitney offered an important reminder that asking for help, whether it's from friends or family or government programs, can make all the difference. Well, that's a wrap for today. Special thanks to Hero for our theme music, which will play us out. Here's hoping each of you enjoy your journey of financial wellness as much as your destination.